This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul with John Crane and Jared Timms for a live episode of the show. I'm going to start with John right away. Dude, how are you doing? I'm here! And of course, right away you have to add on the live show the awkward pause. Great <laughs> job, John. Great job. Jared, do you have the awkward pause too? No, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm here. I'm fully here. We're um, I'm ready to talk some baseball like always. Let's 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 get this going. <laughs> All right. Right away. News. Mike Trout wins the Silver Slugger. Again, outstanding. I guess we'll have another Mike Trout Silver Slugger bobblehead next year. You guys think? Yeah. Probably. Probably. I got room. I got room on the on the on the mantle. I don't really have him on a mantle right now, but I will get one eventually. I thought you already had one. You sent me one. No, I'm talking about a mantle to put them on. I used to oh. have them proudly displayed when I worked in a branch in Whittier, but where I work now, and in fact, they took my desk out today before I left work. Uh, they're replacing my desk. I don't have room to put them all out. I used to display them. Now they're just sitting. I put them on this for that picture. I put them on our stairs to kind of show them off, but I want to have a place to put them in. You know, and, when you uh, said them moving your desk, John, I just flashed the movie Office Space with Milton and how his, he just kept getting moved lower and lower if he's in the basement. They you know gave me, no, they didn't move my desk. They gave me a new, they're giving me they, a brand gave, new oh, desk. Oh, so they're, they're giving you like almost the key to the, in the penthouse bathroom, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So other news, Anderson Simmons wins the Wilson Defensive Player of the Year. Another bobblehead on the way, I'm guessing. Surprised me, Jared. He missed a ton of time this year, still wins the award. What's that say about him? He's, uh, he's still the best defender in baseball. That's, that's what it means. He, uh, he led all shortstops in uh, uh, UZR, which was fantastic and which is kind of surprising in a way for you know, missing so much time. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, I thought he had a real legitimate shot at winning a gold glove as well. But you know, winning a defensive, defensive player for Wilson is also – a very prestigious award. So, you know, uh, tip of the cap to Andrew Alton for what he did. John? It's just an acknowledgement to the fans who, you know, who just scream out, let's trade this guy, let's trade that guy, let's not re-sign Andleton Simmons. I think we've actually had this discussion uh, about uh, Simmons and his contract. So uh, he's a solid player. He's, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Simmons fan. A big Simmons fan like for his entire career, but so much so that we want to resign at age 31. What, what are you thinking with him for his future? I think we've had this discussion, haven't we? I would, I would resign him. Definitely. I think, 
I think Jared agrees with me too. By the way, what was your source for this uh, uh, this uh, Simmons winning the award? I, did, did you have inside sources on that? or No, John, you dug it up for me. <laughs> All right. I was working somewhere John else. John Crane, source the story. I like it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. that That's really hey. where you go with this. You just want to hear me say you did it. Yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to hear. My gosh. But now I want to hear Jared back me up on this re-signed Simmons. I'm, I'm all for it. Really? I'm at a- age 31? I'm 100% all for it. He's still one of the – he's the best defend, defensive shortstop in baseball. Um, and, and even if he declines and for some strange reason you have to put him at second base or shortstop or at third base, he's still going to be an elite defender there. He's He still hits at a, a slightly above average. He's going to you know he's gonna start declining in that, which is you know acceptable. But, I mean, in people – I've said it before and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to preach it. If, if Simmons – ages decently well he has in my opinion a legitimate shot of making it into the hall of fame i mean he's he's arguably the best defensive shortstop of all time playing an elite position you know i mean he's he's that good and i'm not just saying that because he's an angel i'm not just saying that i i truly believe that he has a legitimate shot of being a hall of famer when it's all said and done he's he's as close as it gets to ozzy smith and ozzy smith the reason why he's in the Hall of Fame is because of his defense. So, I mean, I and I think that he's a slightly better hitter than what Ozzy Smith was as well. So, I, I I didn't see Ozzy Smith. I mean, you guys might be able to attest to it a little bit more than I am, I am with Ozzy Smith. But I think that Andrelton Simmons is the closest thing that you can get to the Wizard. So, well, Smith was an amazing athlete. wasn't as good a hitter as Simmons was. I would say in terms of longevity, Ozzy Smith will probably have played longer by the time it's all said and done. But he, like, like I said, never had at all the, even like the power offensively that Simmons brings mm-hmm. to the table. What do you remember, John? I mean, I know you're old as dirt, so I'm sure you remember something. Yeah, I just remember him being a very, yeah, a defensive, not, not, not a super offensive player, uh, uh, a fast guy, speed. Um, but yeah, Simmons brings power that he that he doesn't have. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that I would say that one is better than the other uh, at this point because, like I said, the Wizard of Oz was a pretty pretty amazing. Um, but I only think of him as defensively. I think of Anderson Simmons as a defense, and I also think of him off- as an offensive threat. All right, so I guess I am. Right now, the minority here, I do not think the Angels should be looking to re-sign him at this point. He's been hurt the last couple of years. Still great defensively. I'm, to, I'm seeing a little bit of a bat slowdown. I mean, that's a result of injury. I would not want to get an extension just yet. If things surround the season, though, and he plays 154, 155 games all over again, and he's back to himself, then yeah, sure. Sure, but I'm just concerned long-term about signing extension. I guess it also depends on how long you're going to sign up for, too. Like, what kind of extension do you want to sign up for, John? John? I think that, again, we had this discussion before. I mean, so when does this contract expire? At the end of this season? Well, 2020, right? Yeah, so that would be the end of next, end of next season. Yes. Uh, I mean, four years? You can get away with it, but you're saying you're saying – you're saying you think it'll be a longer, he'll want longer. Oh, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it depends on the actual length. I think a four-year contract would be would be. I'd be comfortable with that. I don't. I don't remember having this conversation. Did we? I know we. I know we've talked we about it we, briefly. I don't think we went in depth about it. We definitely had this conversation. That's how I knew what Jared. I knew. I knew Jared what Jared's answer would be. That's why I threw it over to Jared because I okay, knew he'd so back me up. Maybe you're not the old as dirt guy here tonight. Maybe it's me because I don't remember us talking much more than just a couple minutes. Man, I feel sheepish. Totally sheepish. I think we had a two-part show on it, actually. No, we did not. Stop it. We did not. We did not have a two-part show on the viability of Simba being signed. Get out of here with that. Try to mess with me now. Yeah, no, no. you're trolling. Yeah, I'm just messing. You're just, trolling. Yeah, I'm trolling. I'm trolling you. 
Okay, well, troll no more. Folks, we do a big show planned for you in terms of looking at the free agents that are available. Before we get there, though, we want to ask you to go head over to Apple Music, subscribe, or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all those places. We really appreciate a five-star review on Apple Music if you have the opportunity to. If you want us to earn it, great. Email us, talkinghills at gmail.com and give us your feedback. If you're a new listener and you're enjoying the show, please do us a solid. Text a fellow Angels fan. Let them know about our podcast. It would mean the world to us. Okay. Oh, whew. here we go, guys. The Angels right now, according to Spotrack, are sitting on 137,000, sorry, 137 million plus at, for their salary as of today. The luxury tax threshold for next year is expected to be $208 million, which means you have about 70-ish million dollars to spend if they decide to go right to the threshold. We normally think they wouldn't do that. I don't think they would. But I'm hearing different thoughts in terms of how far they'll go. We know their payroll's going to go up. It was at 170 this year. How high did they go, Jared? That's uh, That is... In the air, I mean, that's, that's going to depend on who they get and who who they get first, honestly. I mean, if we wake up tomorrow and they sign Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg, then why not, you know, why not go ahead and go get another one of those guys, you know? Um, if you go out and sign a Madison Bumgarner, uh, you're probably going to be sitting again maybe at that pace, or maybe you do try. I, I, I think it all depends on... You know, I think they're going to get a one of those higher level starters, and I think they're going to get a mid tier starter, whether that's Madison Bumgarner or somebody below that. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but you know, I and and I think they may add in a, a third guy into that mix, and you know, maybe they trade for somebody, maybe they don't. I don't I don't know, but I I do think that they're going to add at least two, if not three, starting pitchers when it's all said and done um, what that's going to cost, whether it's going to be 30 million, whether it's going to be 50 million, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, but it, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough question. It really is a tough question. It's, it, and it's all going to depend on who signs where and what the market looks like. Cause I mean, if it was like last year, a couple years ago where we have free agents, top free agents on the market until spring training and they're signing for, less than what they probably should be then they're going to be getting a they're going to be getting some good deals and that might be the strategy for a, a lot of teams this year but if you know teams you know winter meetings comes along and almost everybody is signed during the winter meetings then you know the money's going to be flowing so I, I i just don't know it it wouldn't surprise me if they add you know pretty dang close to the luxury tax a uh, 190 200 million um all all the way up to there when it's all said and done. John? I'm not a salary cap guy. I'm going to say that they're going to – I look more at the, the quality of what they're looking to sign, uh, like either Cole, either Garrett Cole or Strasburg, and then I'm expecting them to go to get at least one of the, you know, the Wheeler or that or – that, how do you say this? Odorizzi? Odorizzi. Yes. Um, uh, Ryu. I just, I, they just need two, two solid. They need to walk out of there with two solid starters, and I think whatever it, whatever it takes. And then I guess they still have some other things, some money to spend too. Um, I don't, yeah, I guess because he hasn't approached the the salary cap before. I, I don't know how close he would get, but after this last season, I really think. It, He's changed. He's got to do something, and I think he knows it. He knows it. That team knows it. They have to spend some big money this year. I don't know that they think that they're going to go all the way to to the threshold, though. I, I would caution possibly against them. What is their need next offseason? They're already there. I'm a little surprised they didn't drop more salary, quite frankly. I thought they would try and dump a little more than they did. They got that big $13 million helper when they declined Calhoun's, app, uh, Calhoun's app option. And 
I'm just looking at the guys who are available, though, and, you know, that cash can go away real quickly. For example, looking at Garrett Cole, if you go to SpotTrack.com, they have this section called Market Value. It's the average annual salary of the players that could t- they, that are comparable to what this player, in this case Garrett Cole, is worth. And the, the average is $31.5 million a year, with the top being Zach Greinke at 344 now, he's going to make more than Grenke. He's three years younger, and Grenke signed a couple of years ago. They have his market value at 32.9. It's not going to be 32.9. So you're talking 35 or above for Cole? And we're hearing rumors of $40 million per year, and I'm not sure, given the needs the Angels have, and some people don't want to hear this, but given the, given the needs they have, that they're going to go out there and, and put that much in, especially as a Boris client. He might not sign right away. Can the Angels afford to let this linger throughout the year? Is a question as well. Uh, Jerry, what do you think? What are your thoughts about that? Well, personally, I. Um I have Cole at seven for two twenty five, which is pretty, you know, which is thirty three million a year, which is pretty dang close to spot track, and which is kind of funny. But you know, I'm I I find it hard to believe that you are able to give a pitcher any more than that, in my opinion, and especially somebody who who has thrown so many innings he's over the last three years he's thrown the third most innings in all of baseball behind justin verlander and zach grinke um it's 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 just it's it's so tough for me to give him that type of money uh and in a in a way i i, I do want to don't get me wrong like I, I do think the angels should go out and you know give him that type of money and i think he 100 percent deserves it but throwing 100 miles an hour consistently throwing the amount of off-speed curve balls and breaking balls that he's thrown with the Astros. It can't be good on his arm. And I, I just, I hate to think this way, but I do believe that some type of injury is way too close, you know, and it, it, it's, it's going to be unfortunate when whatever team signs him and he gets injured two years, three years into his contract. And, you know, and the fan base is going to be all, all upset, whoever he goes to. Um, that's just, that's just my personal opinion. That's where I've been sitting. With that, um, and it, it could happen to anybody. It, it really could. You know, it, it, it could happen to anybody who signs Strasburg, Wheeler, Odorizzi, you know, I- any of those guys. Um, but it, it's tough for me to shell out 30 plus million dollars for a starting pitcher, especially with the amount of injuries that has happened, um, that, that are happening, you know, the epidemic, the Tommy John, the shoulders, the, all the injuries that are happening. You know, it's just, it's tough for me to shell out 30 plus million dollars and i i know the angels need it but it just just that's just my opinion john see jared always always kind of brings me around to rationality i I wonder if you guys do you think that deep inside maybe Artie moreno epler's heart they kind of hope that they don't get garrett cole so that they can get maybe a little cheaper two other uh, you know, like a Wheeler and and, and uh, maybe perhaps uh, I don't know Bumgardner, uh, Strasburg. Do, do you think that maybe they they're kind of inside? They really don't want to spend all that money on, and would rather be because we still have Shohei Otani. Uh, I mean, they're still going to get two solid pitchers, and uh, from the whole list we've talked about. But yeah, I, I, kind of putting so many eggs in one basket with the history this team's had. I think it would, the fans would be would, would be outraged if the Angels didn't go all out to try to get Garrett Cole. So I'm not saying that they're not they are going to go all out, but I almost could see that if they weren't to get him and were able to get two other quality starters, that it could turn out to be a blessing, but could turn out to be a big bust too. You know, for for me, and uh, sorry, sorry, Derek, I kind of cut you off there. But for me, I, it, I'm I'm stuck in between. I really am because you could really go out and get two starting pitchers for the amount of money 
that you're going to give Garrett Cole that are going to produce. Uh, you know, not, I'm not going to say they're going to produce similar to Garrett Cole by any means because Garrett Cole is unbelievable, and we've seen it the past three years, and we've seen you know what he's done, and it's 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 unbelievable. But you know, I I I'm looking at it in both ways. It, it getting Garrett Cole is a game changer in to any team, huge game changer. But you also have to look at, I mean, you could probably go out and get Bumgarner, and you could probably go out and get Ryu. And then with that same amount of money, and then you could go make a trade for a third starting pitcher as well. I mean, it, I, I, I'm looking at it both ways, and it's, it's, it's a coin toss. It really is for me. I mean, I, I would love to have Garrett Cole. I'd love to see him on the bump every fifth day. Um, you know, you have arguably the best pitcher in baseball combined with Mike Trout, who's the best position player in baseball, and Shohei Otani, who's going to be pitching six every sixth day, every seventh day, or whatever the schedule is going to be for him. And he's going to be DHing. It's just, it, it, it would be so much fun to see that. Um, and, and then I look at the other side and I think, you know, money wise and how smart is it to really go get Garrett Cole or even Steven Strasburg, who's probably going to be making 25 to $30 million a year. So it, there, there is that hesitant side of me that says, don't go spend that money, use it elsewhere. But then there's the side of me that says, let's just do this. Let's go all in. I want to win a world series. <laughs> well, you look at it like this and I'm just going to break down the stats here because you're right. The last two years, three years combined, 615 and two-thirds innings pitch. This last year alone, 212 and third innings pitch, 326 strikeouts, 48 walks, 25 record, 2.5 ERA, .895 whip. Here's my thing. As you go throughout his career, though, 2013, 117 and third innings, 2014, 138 innings. 2015, 208 with 19 that year for the Pirates. Uh, 2016, 116 innings, 21 starts. 2017, back up to 203. The thing is this. Yes, he's been healthy throughout his career. And he, you could say, just due to the Angels' overall... <laughs> Karma? I don't know, is it karma? Or is it fate? Or however you want to call it, pitchers get hurt. But pitchers get hurt no matter what. Strasburg's had Tommy John. These All these guys have been hurt somewhere. And do you take a shot or not? I think in this case, where... You've struck out so much in the last couple of years going for that free agent guy. Come hell or high water, you have to go for it. You have to. And you have to do it in a way that gets your guy. If the Angels had had a reasonable success in the last couple of years with free agent pitching, I don't think this is a disagreement at all. I think we say, you know what, we'll give it a shot. We can only go so far, and then if we don't get them, we don't get them. But they've been a pretty big, I don't want to say failure. I know some people out there will say failure. They have been a pretty big disappointment, I guess, in terms of getting those free agent pitchers. The reason why I don't, I don't want to outright say failure is because popular contrary belief, for those who are tuning in for the first time or near the first time, we know the Angels went after guys last year. And we know they went hard, but they had a limit to where they were going to go. And teams overspent on pitchers. They overspent on Pat the Nationals. Did. They overspent on Corbin. They wanted him. They had a limit. It was good money, but they weren't going to go further than that. Well, for Cole, though, you have to go all in. You have to bank on keeping him healthy, you have to bank on the fact that despite the fact he's not been injury riddled in three out of his seven years in the league, he's still pitched less than 150 innings in a season. And even in the last three years, the 212, 200, 203, we've still had pitchers who have gone more than that in individual seasons. What kind of, what's his conditioning like? What's his What's his routine like? Those are things angels 
doctors and, and the staff there needs to find out in terms of what keeps them healthy. If they find something they don't like, then maybe you do back off. But there's no, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that this guy's the best pitcher in baseball right now, period. And if you have a shot, you'll get him, and you have a chance to win again. You can't pass it by, and you can't, you can't just say, well, maybe he's, you know, he's due. We all know you only have so many bullets in the chamber when it comes to being a pitcher. But when he's there, you got to go for it. That said, just real quick, because you know, we want to move on, but maybe given the length of the contract, given the amount of money that would have to go into the contract, because it's not, it's not going to be, in my view, 32 or 33. I'm serious. I believe it's going to be 35 or 36. It's going to be higher than that market value. It's, you know, they won't get the 40 mil for him. But it's going to be higher than the market value. And maybe the Angels do pull something out like a Ken Griffey Jr. or Bobby Bonilla deal where they're paying him some down the line instead of paying it all right now and killing the luxury tax. I'm just – just a thought. I mean, I don't know if they will, but it's just a thought. It's also going to a chance to, to avoid risk in case there is an arm injury. Any thoughts, John? Well, I – Again, you have to go for him. I mean, the guy, the guy lives in the guy grew up an Angels fan. His favorite World Series memory was an Angels. Uh, he lives in Orange County. I mean, he's, he's from Orange County. You have to go all out for him. But let me ask you this, and and maybe because I actually don't have the answer. Surprise, surprise. So Otani is going to be. We're actually going to have a six man rotation. So and Otani, I what used to be, he'd always be the Sunday starter. So now, do the other five do they go in their usual rotation, and then if Sunday comes up, they skip it and then start on Monday? So my point is, is that any pitcher we sign is going should have a lighter load management, assuming everybody stays healthy. Um, does that is that any sort of an attraction or or? Uh. Jared, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull I mean, up stakes in this one. What do you think? For me, I, it's gonna be up to Madden, and I, we haven't seen Madden. I, I mean, personally, I haven't seen Madden manage enough to know what he's really gonna do to, with this situation. Or I, I'm also not in his head, you know, thinking about like, what he's gonna do here. Um, assuming that they go back to what kind of they did before when they had. I mean, and then and I, let me. I'm gonna come back to where I'm, what I'm thinking about right now. But assuming that they they go back to what they were doing and have him every you know seventh day on their Sunday starter type of guy, I yes you know it's going to limit the innings, which is which is exactly what we were hoping for back in when was that 2018. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what we were hoping for. You know, like we had you had Heaney, you had Skaggs, you had Richards, um, all coming off you know hurt elbows and all that fun stuff. And that's that's what everybody was hoping. That was hoping that you know that would take off some of the pressure of those guys. And you know this was this was the year 2018. We we're gonna everything was gonna add up together. And you know that that's you know I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be honest here. I don't know. We'll we'll find out probably closer to um, closer to spring training to see if he's actually gonna be opening day ready. If he's gonna be pitching opening day, you know it's it's still gonna be up in the air. So. It's going to be up to Joe Madden at the end of the day. Um, and then kind of, I guess, not really transitioning, but when was the last time that the Angels really need – we're going to go out and you know to the starting pitching market. You know, I go back to 2018 like I was talking about, and they had their you know their six guys set up. They, they didn't need to go out and – they, they did in a way, but they really didn't need to go out and, and get those guys um, that they needed. You know, last year, yes – the you know the perfect off season was signing Trout and that's what they did. Um, they didn't you know they, last year wasn't the year that everybody was thinking like all right this is going to be you know this is going to be the year you know there were some hopes but everything had to be perfect and it wasn't. So this is the first year in a while that they've really had to really have to go out and get something on that that free agent starting pitching market or in a trade. So it's it'll be uh, interesting to see down the road what happens. But it's going to be all up to Madden and see what Otani does. Yeah, so, but Jared, you're the guy. You're the guy who wrote an article advocating for an eight-man rotation last season. I put. I'm, I, just, I'm, I'm just kidding. I still think that. I still think that's a, an interesting <laughs> idea. Um, you know, and if you get Garrett somehow, you know, you do get Garrett Cole, and you do somehow 
um, have Otani pitch and you have those guys pitch the normal days and you go kind of what the minor leagues are doing right now and kind of um, piggybacking off one another you go I, I don't think they have the depth for it anymore maybe kind of a little bit I do think they have the depth but I don't think you know with Skaggs not being around anymore um, I, I don't know if they have that real depth but if they get three starter if they get three starters the depth is definitely there to kind of pull off a piggyback rotation which would be really interesting and kind of a one of a kind and I, I I'm, I'm all for that I think that's I think that helps you know with elbows I think that helps with shoulders I you know pitching three three innings every three days is you know kind of kind of interesting in a way so we'll, we'll see we'll see yeah that'll never fly man I, I know I know but it'll it's never. it's God, I, you know, I know. I mean, I applaud you out of the box thinking, but just just to know, guys, Joe Madden did have the Cubs on a six man rotation this year. At one point, just want to point that out. So he is not foreign to it, but I don't know that, given the lack of overall starting pitching depth the, the Angels have right now, that's the avenue to go. I just don't know that overall it will have the impact that the team would want compared to a, a, a team like the Astros, by the way, that has the depth to try and pull things off like that. John, your thoughts? About what? You know, a possible six-man rotation or the no, depth? I, I already that. said. I said, yeah, we're, I, I assume we're going to have a six-man rotation. That's what I was assuming. Um, I mean, if Otani's back, he doesn't, he doesn't, he hits. So they, apparently they're going to go with the same program where, uh, you know, I still think you've quashed me on that one. That might've been before Jared was here where I was talking about, I just don't understand how in the national league pitchers can hit when they pitch, but they, but here it's, you know, hitting and I'm not a player. So maybe Jared can, uh, you know, supply some information on that. Whereas how strenuous walking up to the plate four to five times a, a game is that it makes you that you're not able to pitch twice a week too. I mean, it's, it's definitely in your head. It's definitely in the back of your head that you do have to do it, but everybody in the NL already does it as it is. So it's, it's there, there are giveaways, there are takeaways, there are advantages to it. And it's not something that I think will be happening with Shohei Otani if that's kind of what we're getting to. <laughs> well, I just, that's what frustrated me. I mean, and I love Mike Sosha. I'll always say when I talk about Mike Sosha, I love Mike Sosha. But you just, the 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 little, I, I was shocked that Otani won Rookie of the Year because he would, you know, he'd sit him out. And and then if it, I remember one Sunday it rained. And I don't think he, I don't think he played for like eight days or nine days or something because he doesn't let him bat the day before, doesn't let him bat the day after. And um, I just, I, I think Otani, of course he got injured. So I think Otani would, would, would want to be out there every day and pitch. I know he can't pay. I know he can't hit while he's pitching. I understand that, but I'm saying, I don't understand why he can't hit the day before and the day after. That's my point. Not the, not that he hits while he's pitching. I apologize. But John, the overall thing I remember here is we actually have no idea how pitching with Otani's going to work out next year. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. We don't know if they're going to make the call to say, you know what, we want you to focus here for now. What do you think about that, Shohei? He'll probably say no, but I want to fight that. But what's better for his overall career coming off Tom Tommy John surgery? They're going to have to see how his body reacts come spring training. And while the odds are good, it's probably going to be how it is, him hitting and pitching. You just never know. It's not going to be concrete until opening day. I just want to point that out. We don't know. We don't know how his body's going to react to trying to do all this. I mean, the most important thing is coming back off of that, that surgery and pitching again. Just- I think you're the one who argued with me when I said, because I, you know, for a while there, now I'm kind of getting excited about him pitching again. I was hoping we could just have him as a full-time DH. Um, but, you know, you pointed out, which I already know too, and I knew, uh, that's part of the reason he came here. You know, the deal was you're going to pitch and hit. That's why he signed. That's why he signed with an American League team. That was the deal. So I think you have to give him an opportunity. And they will. I'm just arguing the counterpoint being that it's really early to make that call on a six-man rotation or anything like that until we know whether or not his arm and his body will be able to handle both duties, period. 
this early coming back off a of major surgery? I mean, we don't know that. Jared, your thoughts? Uh, it's it's going to be exactly how you handle every other uh, guy with Tommy John. It's going to be he's going to be on a inning uh, pitch count limit. He's going to be on an innings limit this this year. And once he gets there, it's it's you know he's going to be hitting the rest of the time, which I am totally fine with. Uh, but so it's it's we'll just it's it's going to have to it'll be a waiting process too. I mean, if he's ready and. March, if he's ready by spring training, if he's ready, you know, in June, I, I'm, I, it's a waiting game right now to know when he's going to be 100% ready. Hopefully, it's opening day. Hopefully, it's in spring training. Wait to see him. So, I don't know. All right, folks. So, moving on, just want to go ahead and just give a shout out here to anybody who might want to sponsor us. We are looking for sponsors. Reach out to us, talk on hillsgmail.com if you like what we're doing and want to help us keep the lights on. Uh, John lives in a cave right now. He needs to be out of a cave and in a warm environment. Help John. You can leave a voicemail for us also at 657-666-5453, and we'll leave the light on for you. Okay. Now, other pitchers available. Steven Strasburg. He exercised his option. He is now a free agent right now for Track. They have him at about a 30.2 average annual salary. Jared, does that sound right? I, I I mean I did the projections before the postseason and I had him at roughly five for one twenty five. I mean you can move him up a little bit from that. I think I think thirty mil is a little bit much for him, especially at the age and especially at the arm injury that's already been there. But if you need a pitcher, you're gonna pay for him, and this is gonna be another guy. Like there's only really honestly two guys in this that you're gonna want to go and pay more than what you think they're gonna be worth. And that's Garrett Cole, and that's this guy Steven Strasburg, and I, I I definitely think he can get more than five for one twenty-five. At the end of the day, five for fifty-five for whatever it it is. Um, but I, I do think that it's going to be at five because he is thirty-one, or he's going to be thirty-one on the opening day, and he's not getting any younger. And like I said, he's had the arm injuries before, and he's has been throwing a lot um, lately, being in the postseason and all that stuff. So it's uh, we'll. We will see, and I think that he, if I had to predict it right now, I think he goes back to Washington or he goes to San Diego. But that's just my predictions. You never know what happens. John? That's what I read. I read predicting him to go back to Washington. Just won, just won a World Series. Um, but I'd, I'd, um, hap- I'd, I'd be happy to be wrong. So looking at Strasburg, He's got 1,438 and two-thirds innings pitch in his career, which is roughly, I'm not going to do the full math because I don't feel like it at almost midnight, uh, roughly about 250 innings more in his career than Garrett Cole. He's two years older, does have more of a history of injury problems. If you go through his entire history here, 2018 did had less than 30 starts, 2017 less than 30 starts, 2016 less than 30 starts, 2015 less than 30 starts, 2012 less than 30 starts, got hurt. Uh, 2010, 2011, um, coming back off Tommy John. So there were, and if you remember going back years, the Nationals really treated his, they babied his arm from the beginning, and he still got hurt. Overall, though, a very good career. 112 wins, 58 losses, a career ERA of 3.17, a 1.086, a war of 32.50. He is worth the money as long as you're willing to accept the possibility he's never going to be a horse for you out there. He only has two seasons with above 200 innings pitched, including last year. Two seasons of 34 starts. One with 30, everything else less than 30. Last year was his career best, and with K's of 251. It actually seems to me that he's getting a little better with age if you look at his last three seasons combined strikeout ratio, um, wins, ERA. In 2018, he had 3.74. I think if you're looking for somebody who can be close to a number one, you may look to him at 30 mil a year. The question is, do you want to take the risk? To me, given his arm history, being two years older, has a little more mileage on his arms, I have a tougher argument making. I have a tougher time making an argument for him for the Angels to go for hardcore 
over Garrett Cole. I know that I know that Jared, you expressed some concerns, but this surgery took place 2010-2011, so we're nearly a decade removed from that, and he's had over a thousand major league innings between now and then. Your thoughts? I'm you. You said it well, and I mean he's not going to be the reliable guy. You know, he's not going to be the ace that the Angels need in a way. I think that, you know, he, he's definitely somebody that they want, but I don't think it's somebody that you need, and especially somebody that you only go and get. That's why I, I said it earlier. If you get Cole, go get Strasburg too, you know. Those guys will pair well together, and you throw Otani in the mix, and that's one, two, three, and that's 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 pretty good right there. That's going to that's gonna run up with the, some of the best in baseball right there, so... If he's he's definitely in my opinion he's a very good pitcher he is he's not an ace ace but he is an ace if that makes any sense um, to you guys at all I don't think it does but uh, it, it, he's not he's an ace but he's not the guy that that you want and that's he's not the guy you want to build around um, so it, like I said if you get Cole go get Strasburg too why not you know he's gonna the, those two will pair nicely together John. Yeah, not nearly as to me as as flashy or as exciting as because if, if you don't get Cole, I don't like the idea of him being the headline, him the the best thing we got out of it, and then uh, adding other pieces, Wheeler or or or, or DC or Bumgarner. Um, so, here's my I think thought. I think it's Cole. I think it's Cole. Or, I mean, it's not Cole or bust. I know Jared told me it's not Cole or bust. But I just don't like I, – I would rather have uh, a, an ensemble of, you know, the Rios and Wheelers and or Odorizzi or, 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 or Bumgarner mixed up. I, I don't think it's – I, 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 him I'm not as sold on as I am sold on Garrett Cole. I mean, the problem, though, is the Angels need an ace, period, or as, as close as you're going to get to one. So while I'm not as sold on Strasburg as other folks were or are, if you're not going to get Cole, you need to get you need to get him. I mean, you need as close to as an ace as you can at this point. You don't want to roll into 2020 with your top pitcher being Zach Wheeler. You don't. Maybe that maybe there's a trade out there we aren't thinking of to get that pitcher you need. Maybe it's available. But if you're going the free agent route, you need one of those two guys, preferably Cole, because he is the true blue ace. Strasburg's like a 1B in a great rotation, okay? You need that guy, period. The Angels have gone too long without. They've paid the price for not having that guy. And if you need, if, if you are going to compete for a World Series title, you always need to have that bookend, almost a guaranteed performer in a pitcher. And you're not going to get that in, in Odorizzi or Wheeler. You're just not. Looking at Wheeler now, his market value is sitting at $23.4 million compared to Patrick Corbin. And I, I, by the way, I think Corbin's a better pitcher. You Darvish, Jake DeGrom, Nathan Yavaldi, when they sign, his average expected market value is going to be a little bit higher than that. I, I'm sorry, I'm not paying Zach Wheeler $23 million a year. I'm just not doing it, not for a four-year deal, but which is what they're suggesting. I'm not. I, I don't see it. His stats are good. 2019 for the Mets, 11-8, 3-9-6 ERA. That's pretty good. I want to point out, though, that City Field is more of a, a pitcher's ballpark. 2018 with the Mets, 12-7, three three one 3-3-1 ERA. 1.124 uh, 1. whip. But... 2017, 17 starts. 2014, back to uh, 32 starts, 34 games, 11, 11, 3, 5, 5. So he's been very good. He's been, what, a B-plus starter overall, but he's not going to get over 200 strikeouts. He's not going to get over 200 innings. He's been close a couple of times, but he's not going to go over it. And he's played in a mostly pitcher's ballpark throughout his entire career. Oh, my goodness. We got cell phones rolling in here. Mine does it too. Um, but overall, 
don't want to pay him that, guys. I don't want to pay him that kind of money. Not, not for a B-plus starter right now. Jared? I'm on. I'm, I'm going to go against you on this one. I'm kind of – I don't know if I'm $23 million set. I think I had him close to – 15 to 17 million dollars but looking at what he's you know stat stat wise aside his fastball velocity has gone up each of the last three years which is you know which is a good sign um he's his average fastball velocity was 97 miles an hour last year which is something you can work with his um his fip has been pretty solid you know i mean which is included in you brought in the ballpark fip is included into that which is um, you know a three he had a three two five um two years ago and he had a three four eight last year which you know is it's solid so i mean he's zach wheeler is gonna get some money it depends on where he's gonna get that money and you know is it in anaheim is it somewhere else you know so it's Zach Wheeler is definitely one of those guys that I think is on the market, and I think he could get $20 million a year. Um, if not, I mean, I think he's going to sit around in that range, definitely. So it's it's one of those guys I, I, I think, I mean, doing my – I haven't done full research on him, but just the little bit of research that I just did, I think that Wheeler is definitely an interesting guy, and I, I, I wouldn't – would definitely – wouldn't go against paying him 15 to $20 million a year. So it's we'll, – we'll, we'll see what happens here on that one. John? So, I mean, so you're looking at like the Odorizzi, uh, a Wheeler. You're saying you could potentially get like three of them for what you could get for if you were to sign Bumgardner and, and not Bumgardner, Strasburg and, and Cole, Garrett Cole. Well, you mean Wheeler, Bumgardner, and um, Odorizzi? Yeah. By the salaries, yeah. And then you have Heaney. I mean, I just, I mean, again, you got to go for Cole. So I'm just going to say, I've got, I preface everything I say with, you got to go for Garrett Cole. But if you don't, I mean, then you've got three, and then you've got Heaney, then you've got um, Otani. Um, I just, we need some people who can pitch some innings. I mean, quality innings. So I mean, but you're—I mean, I disagree, man. You're putting too—you're putting so much into Otani, and you don't even know what Otani is going to be like when he comes back. You have no idea how his arms going to respond to this whole thing, and we have no idea if Heaney is ever going to get together entirely. He shows us magic one night, and the next night he's—he's he's out in La La Land to try and say, "Well, we'll pair him with Heaney, and we're going to pair him with." Otani and that's and all of a sudden we're this is magical or whatever and, I, and I, you didn't say magical but I'm just kind of throwing it in there. I, I just I'm not buying it, man. I just can't bank on that long term for this rotation unless I have a bookend there. Unless I, that's why to me getting Cole or at the very least a Strasburg matters that much. Jared. No, I, like I said, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate on both sides. You know, if you get Cole or if you get Strasburger, you know, if you don't get them, you know, I've been, that's why, that's why I'm kind of, and I, I've been doing my research on both on all sides and all angles on this one. You know, it's, it's for me, yes, Cole, you need to go get Cole. You need to go get Strasburg, but it's not the end of the world. If you don't go get them, if you don't, if you get unlucky and you don't sign those guys, and, you know, I think that I think the Angels have an excellent shot at getting either one, if not both, if not you know one or the other. But I, it's 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 not the end of the world. You know, there's there's enough depth out there, and there is enough. You know, if if you play your cards right, you can have a very solid starting rotation next year, in my opinion, w- without Garrett Cole or without Steven Strasburg. But again. The goal this offseason, the perfect offseason, is get one of the two of them. Definitely, 100%. Just to make a point, because I, I let it slip by and I didn't want to forget it. You mentioned, well, go get both. Well, if you go get both, though, you're going to wind up being right up against that luxury tax threshold without addressing anything else in the club. I mean, if if my estimate is right, and I'm asking a little bit higher than you combined, they're going to be right up against it. And if you're right and I'm wrong, 
they're going to be just within a few million of that threshold. They're not going to be really maybe that's something to address catcher. Maybe that's a trade or you know outfield, perhaps even third base. I don't know where they want to go, but if you sign both, that's pretty much your offseason right there, unless you're trading some folks. And quick question here. Who, what prospect would you trade away to get Justin Upton's contract off your books? And I'm not for trading Upton because I think there's, he's still, he's still Justin Upton. He was injured all of last season. But who's the guy? I mean, is it Adele? Is it Marsh? Is it, you know, Jose Soriano? There's, if, if you do go out and sign those guys, my assumption would be you have to get Upton's contract off the books so you have money, some more money to go and spend. You, you're going to have to give away a prospect to, to eat up Upton's salary, though I think there's still some value in Upton. Um, or, I mean, you're, you're going to have to free up money some way, whether it's, I don't know, you can't, you, it's impossible. It is legitimately impossible to get rid of Pujols. There is some slight chance you could possibly or an Upton trade. I don't know how that would work. I mean, like I said, you got to give a prospect and, you know, you're not going to get much back for it. Um, or, I mean, does Zach Cozart somehow come off the books? I mean, you, there's, you have to figure out a way to free up some money. And I don't know how that, how that works, but it, it would make for a very interesting offseason. I'll say that fun and interesting. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> John. I'm numbers and all that stuff. That's that ain't my department, guys. <laughs> I just know names. Well, I'm just thinking about in terms of where the Angels go in terms of trade market. I think given the season that that he had in terms of Upton, it's going to be difficult to move him because until medicals are released. And they and they can look back and see how much the leg injury affected him all year. And I think it did, by the way. Uh, that's what drives me nuts about people on social media saying Upton's washed up, well, high ankle sprains, turf toe injuries, things like that. And he had turf toe. Those injuries will linger all year. They change everything about the way you play in a sport. And there's a really, really good chance that he was never right this season. The counter to that is even if he was never right and he's going to be right next year, he's also over 30. He's You're going to start seeing him break down a little bit in terms of bat speed or the ability to bend. You know, think Albert Pujols. When did he start really kind of losing his ability to hit for average? And that's going to be in folks' mind, especially when you have such a huge payroll. It's such a huge contract. I don't know how you can continue – to look at him as a viable candidate unless you get one of those top prospects with him. And the one that comes to mind would, would probably be Brandon Marsh. If the Angels are that sold on their guy, Joe Adele, and it appears that everybody is, Marsh has come on real hot and heavy in the last couple months in, in fall ball and so on and so forth. And, he his value is starting to get up there. You know when the season starts, he's going to be in the top 100. Maybe that's their guy. Maybe that's the guy that they say, okay, you know what? We'll go ahead and risk him in a trade to get what we need. Maybe that's it. Jared? No, I'm all I, – it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it, how it plays out because I think that might be a way that they're going to have to go. Um, to free up a little bit of money or, you know, would just Cozart, how does Cozart come off the books or how does, you know, Upton or I, I, I don't think there's any way possible that Pujols comes off the books um, this offseason. You know, I think he's going to end up playing out his contract. But, uh, but you know, yeah, it's it'll it'll be interesting. And like I, I, I'll finish it like I've said it before. I, let's just have an interesting offseason. Let's see how it, how it plays out, you know. All right, guys. Well, it's getting late here. And with all that said, we still had a ton of stuff to get to. So we're going to put the rest of this conversation on hold until this Sunday. We want to talk about the coaching staff. It's now complete. We have other pitchers to talk about, including Madison Bumgarner, Ryu, Odorizzi. So look for that this Sunday. 
Don't follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can search for our page on Facebook, which is a is this Talking Halos group. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find John at Jay's Screen John and Jared at Jared underscore Tim's. We're available anywhere podcasts can be found. I'm gonna go to John first. John, do you have any closing thoughts for tonight? Yeah, if you can figure out a way to trade Justin Upton, I don't care if it costs a prospect. I think I would do it, though I am hesitant. I mean, the guy was the guy was the silver slugger the year before. So I don't know. I, I just don't understand because we've preached this whole year. You can't trade those contracts. We can't trade those contracts. We can't trade those contracts. And now you guys are coming up with theories on how to do it. So, Well, I'll go with Jared first on that one, then I'll get my final thoughts. Jared? Uh, spend early, spend often, and tune in on Sunday for us or whenever it comes out Monday. <laughs> <laughs> You're always saying that. I listen. I'm not big on prospects right now. I think with the team that's coming up and still trying to rebuild and reload this farm system, my entire theory across the board has been use free agency to fill the needs while you're developing underneath right now. To now's the time, the prime time to do that. And to me, trading away a prime prospect like a Brandon Marsh would be counterproductive to that, especially since Upton is over 30, and we don't know how he's going to be next year. We're hoping that was a one-off and that he's going to be back to his normal self. Calhoun's gone, so you're going to think your stand's going to be Joe Waddell. In that case, you don't really want to move these prospects, but if there's one area the Angels have depth at in the farm system, it is with their outfielders, and they're still developing. So... I'm not for trading Brandon Marsh. What I'm saying is, if they're going to, he's probably the likely target. So, John, don't think I'm advocating for that, but I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying, if they're going to do it, I don't want them to do it. I want them to keep that talent within the system as long as they can. And then if they have to, if it's time and they're in the race and have a chance to wing it all come you know midseason, they have to make a move, they make it. But... I just don't think you take that risk. I think you you go and you spend the money and try and keep those prospects developing as long as you can. So those are my final uh, thoughts. I think you just need to give up to the spring training and then see how it is, and then we figure it out after the season started. Well, the only problem is you might not be able to do that after. You know, if you go in there and he completely bombs out in spring training, then any thought that maybe he's okay is gone. You know he's gone. Yeah, okay. And, and at that point, a lot of these teams are going to have their rosters set. So my view would be, if you're in spring training, at that point, you're probably not going to trade him. You're, you're probably going to hope he puts together by the All-Star break, and then maybe you can move him. And by then, you your season may or may not be done. Let's, so well, let, let's, let's take a step back here. Let's not worry too much about spring training. Shohei Otani was also throwing 91 to 93 and not hitting anything at all in spring training. So let's take a step back. Let's just hope he's healthy in spring training. Health is going to be the big key in spring training. I don't care what he hits or anything like that, but let's, let's worry about the health in spring training. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we are going that far ahead. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that if, if you're going to move him, if you are going to try and move him, you're either going to move him now or you're going to you're going to move them in July. You're not going to move them anytime in between because at that point, rosters are going to get set. That's all I'm saying. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. So, good conversation. Come back on Sunday night. We'll keep it going for the entire staff here. This is Derek C. Paul saying, take it easy. We are out of here. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here.
Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.